0: This week on Kettle of Fish, writer and comedian Chris Moen stops by to talk about taboo topics and socially conscious comedy. Welcome
1: to our after show, we call Kettle of Fish, the no politics laughter show, it's time for Kettle of Fish, no debates, hate or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish, it's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip, so hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, Welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show. They talk after the talk. The 20-minute comedy money shot after the two hours of political foreplay. This week, it's just me and you, Dee. Fern yeah. had something important she had to tend to, yeah. and Dwayne is probably out riding his bike. So yeah. how do you feel? We're doing it alone this week. Uh,
0: it's been a while
1: so cool. since we did a I, Kettle of Fish been. alone.
0: It has been, but you know what? It makes sense because um, we'll be seeing today's guest this coming weekend. So, it, you know, and they won't. So pfft, forget that. Yes.
1: This is very, this is a very exclusive segment. There you go. We're only allowing people that are going to go see Chris um, Krish and Lee live.
0: There you go. That makes in, sense on to In this me.
1: interview. All yeah. right. Tell us who's on today and then we'll get Chris. Chris. Um, I keep mispronouncing this. Chris Moen. I, if into you know, the queue.
0: I, I understand. It was the same way that I was last week with Asif because I wanted to say it like the fancy way I'm Yeah. And
1: all week we're like, totally awesome. So we remember. So I should (laughs) have done like Kettle of Krish all week. I should have been like, all right, it's going to be Kettle of Krish this week.
0: (laughs) You should have. Uh, No. Well, yeah. Like you said, and just one more reminder, guys. Um, To the best of my knowledge, there are still tickets left for the 10 o'clock show, which is the one we'll be at. Um, So if you are in the Asheville area next weekend, you should totally go on brown paper bag tickets. I think that's it. A really long name. Um, and get your tickets to go see Lee and Krish. I, it's you know it, it's less than twenty bucks. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be awesome. Um, and you can
1: have a beer with us, and our friend Michelle will be out there. Yeah,
0: you can totally buy me a beer. I'm good with that. I'm good with anybody who wants to buy me. Drinks.
1: Even Trump supporters can buy you a beer. Yes,
0: I will totally allow it as long as I choose the beer. Um. Or as long as it doesn't have cinnamon. So you're like, all
1: you're you're not going to choose domestic if it's a Trump supporter, huh? No, I, Just I foreign I, beers. You're going to make them buy you foreign <laughs> beers.
0: No, I really don't have that much of a preference. Just as long as it doesn't have cinnamon, because then I die. So you know, um, I'm really simple. No, today we have. I mean somebody who probably well it looks like he works maybe even harder than the two of us which is whoever would have thought that was possible exactly um oh my god he does stand-up he does writing he um he's, tries to he tries he is a renaissance conscious. man he is exactly improv writing comedy stand-up uh you know articles like you once did on another site but now do for tincan.media um I mean, he does everything. Like, just—I don't think he sleeps. I think that's what he doesn't do. I yeah, that's that's got to be it. Yeah, we've got Chris Moen today, and it's going to be cool. All righty,
1: well, let's be cool and get Chris Moen in here. Chris, are you with us? Yes, sir. How's it going? It is going great. I am so happy to talk to you. I'm going to let you yeah, know what I said. Every comedian that we have on who works in your kind of genre of socially conscious, politically active comedy. This is my favorite type of comedy, the kind that you do. <laughs> and, I well, that's appreciate. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate what you do, too. I mean, I think that it serves a real purpose. I mean, it's it serves more of a vital purpose than just telling dick jokes. Let's start <laughs> off with this. Because I'm seeing more and more of you guys up and coming, and I know you've been around a while, but I've seen more and more of this out there. Do you think comedy has turned a corner? Do you think comedy in general is just getting more socially relevant?
2: Uh, I think so. Uh, I, I've always said that comedians are the new philosophers at this point. Um, Very true. And, and, yeah, and to me, it's, it's the stand-up comedy is the last true you know, voice of free speech is you can say whatever you want. And, you know, some of it is, is racist, uh, whatever. Uh, can I, can I curse on this? Oh, absolutely, please do. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. It's a bunch of like racist bullshit, right? It's like, but for the, I mean, it is turning a corner and a lot of people are, uh, trying to be more inclusive and, uh, it makes it, it does make it a little bit difficult, you know, cause it's, it is harder to, to to be funny and inclusive and socially conscious to talk about uh, issue-driven type of stuff. Um, I just think the quality of comedy is starting to get better in, since, you know, like, nerds like myself have started doing comedy. <laughs> um, and, and there is a little bit of a turn where, you know, in the 80s and 90s and stuff, like, there was that machoistic. Uh, like man's man kind of a a way to do comedy. And I think that that shifted in in the sense that we don't need to keep hearing that voice anymore, Uh, which is great. I think that's awesome. Uh,
1: Well, as everything uh, becomes more politicized, including comedy, I mean, that whole landscape is changing and as this is happening do you think that there's a there's a fear of kind of alienating people and people just tuning out of comedy like oh man i gotta watch like donald trump and hillary clinton all day exploding on my facebook and on the news i don't want to go to a comedy show and hear about that right i think that's the perfect venue for it because people can let their shields down and just laugh at both sides
2: um yeah, uh, I I think so. I th- I, th- I mean, whenever you do any kind of stand up, I think you'll, you know, the the goal is to find your audience, and uh and it's that's what you want to do. You want to find your audience, and and it's, in that case, like you are going to kind of alienate some some people, right? It's like for doing, doing the type of comedy that I do is, I know most conservatives are not going to like what I do. <laughs> Uh, and and you know it's it, it's fun to kind of make fun of the the absurdity, and the, I'm not just making fun of conservatives. I, I'm making fun of liberals too, because I think we do some pretty absurd shit every once in a while. And it's and it, that's the point of it. It's pointing out uh, the absurdities of human behavior and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it can be alienating, um, but to me, if, you know, if you're finding your audience, then that's what's important. And when you've kind of found your audience, then you, you kind of hit that sweet spot of really talking about whatever, whatever you want to talk about.
1: Well, I have comedians on constantly on here and on our political show, and I'll see their set. And their set barely mentions politics. And then I'll go on their Facebook and they will be waxing quite political. And I'll ask them, I'll say, why aren't you doing this in your set? And they're like, well, I don't want to alienate my audience. I don't have a big enough following. It's almost a luxury to be able to talk like this. Is it more important to stay true to your voice or do you have to kind of play the game until you get big enough to be able to talk about hot topics like that?
2: Um, uh, I think it's important for me, at least right now, it's important to stay true to my voice. Um, uh, and, uh, but I didn't, you know, when I, when I first started doing comedy, when I was 16, I wasn't really talking that much politics, uh, or, or philosophy or, or any of that kind of stuff. Like, uh, what, what I was talking about when I was 16 was, Hey, I got weird immigrant parents. Right. Uh, yeah, some <laughs> you know, of the
1: older, um, oh, some of your older stand-up too, and it's hilarious. Yeah. But you're right; it's not socially conscious driven.
2: No, uh, and that wasn't uh, that wasn't a the, the initial goal. I mean, I grew up watching Carlin and Hicks prior, and, and to me, that's that was the way that I wanted to do comedy. Um, but it took me like eight years to 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 one figure out how to make it funny. And two, just get the balls to do it. Uh, and if you're starting in comedy, the, the thing that you need to learn how to do is is write a joke. Uh, and that's so important. Is so. It's kind of a twofold answer, I guess. Is yeah, you should stay true to who you are. You should definitely stay true to your voice. That's hundred percent true. But you should also learn how to how to construct a joke, find find the absurdity and the humor behind it, um, because if you can't, it's, it's difficult then to kind of go into the heavier shit and say, well, let's talk about religion. And everybody kind of goes, well, we don't know where you're coming from in this, you know, like, are you are you just coming at it with trashing everybody? Or are you coming at it to say that there is something we can do with religion that, that makes sense? Um, you know, like, it, it, I mean, whenever I first started writing stuff about religion, particularly, like, it was me attacking Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and, and now it's more of, uh, hey, here's a thing we've invented Uh, isn't it interesting the things we've come up with uh, and my issue with it is it's all about control and it's not, it's not, it's not the idea's fault. It's human beings fault. That's like, we are the ones that uh, are taking this good idea and then saying let's profit off of it. Let's, let's, you know, control a whole bunch of people. So it's, and, and when you kind of talk about that, it's how do you make that fun? Um, well, you can't make that funny if you don't know how to write a joke. <laughs> so,
1: that is true. Do you think this would have been possible in the '90s, then, when like the economy was doing good and people weren't really amped up and angry, and there was no social media that made you want to put your fist to a wall? Would this kind of comp <laughs> even be possible back then, or is this just the right like? Are you just like a parlance of your time? Are you the right man for the right job right now? Uh,
2: no, I think it was definitely possible. Um, Carlin was doing it, uh, and so was so was Hicks, you know. And and uh, Hicks was around in the '80s, before before all this stuff. And uh, but
1: those were liars. Those weren't really the mainstream. I mean, yeah, they had big followings, but now you can see awesome. people talking about important stuff. Like I would say, you know, at least two or three out of ten comedians are talking about real issues, which is a good thing. I don't know if you could mainstream it that much in the '80s and '90s.
2: Um, I don't think you can mainstream it now, it, it, you know, uh, comedy clubs, I don't think for, for me at least, it's, it's very difficult in a comedy club to go in and, and talk about the really heavy topics because those audiences are, I think more or less trained to say, well, we're here to, uh, we're here just to hear the dick jokes. You know, like talk, talk 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 to us about that, uh, and then you kind of go up and you're like, "Hey, here's some fucking issues we got to take care of," uh, and people just go, "Ugh, I don't know if you should be saying that, right?" But to where where I think that shipping is doing these sort of independent shows uh, at these you know cool kind of underground venues or or these backrooms, French fest stuff like that,
0: yeah. Have you noticed yeah. Yeah. um have you noticed a big difference cuz like I I've been telling Nick this for quite a while because obviously this election cycle is just gold spinning uh, itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um you know is it that i mean do your audiences need to be more kind of tuned into that or is it just i mean it's just too good like everybody gets it like, I mean, do you find that you really have to look for, you know, the more intellectual groups or, or is it just something that kind of plays to everybody because it's so ridiculous?
2: Uh, intellectual always helps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it,
0: it always helps.
2: But, uh, well, my belief is, is this, uh, I think, you know, politics specifically, it affects everybody. So when, when somebody comes up to me and tells me that, well, you know, you're talking about this political thing, or you're, you're talking about these ideas. Uh, well, that's not really relatable to anybody. I disagree with that. I I think, I think it's probably one of the most relatable things because people might not think about it, but really, you know, these, these political ideas and these philosophical ideas do wind up affecting your day-to-day life. Uh, and and what's more, I mean, what's more relatable than that, right? Is yeah, you you want to go out? You know, most people want want to go to their job, come back home, hang out with their family, and maybe go to a bar to get a drink. Well, uh, if you don't pay attention to politics, and they you know pass some legislation, or or there's a law passed where where they go, well, uh, no more raises forever. Uh, and whatever money you're making is how much money you're making. But we're going to increase, the, and then it's like, oh, we're going to increase the price of food because of uh, something we did, in, in you know, we got this trade deal, and uh, and in order to bring in some of this food, we got to increase the prices. Well, now it's difficult for you to afford food, and not only that, but then how are you going to go to the bar? I mean, if that's really what's important to you, is is that the luxury of kind of doing that sort of stuff? Like, you should be paying attention to politics. And you should go. Oh, wait a second, uh, this seems this seems a little fucked up. Why are we allowing this to happen? Right. So it does affect your day to day life, but people, people think that politics and and these philosophical ideas, um, don't, uh, like it doesn't matter. You know, um, I, I think with this election cycle though, uh, the, the apathy of that has shifted because of how dramatic it is. Um,
1: And I always ask if it's a good thing, right? Like, is it a good thing more people are getting angry and paying attention, but they're armed with more misinformation than ever? So it's a trade-off, right? You have, oh, so many more people involved, but some of them are so misinformed that every time they say the word Ebola, they're locking themselves in a fucking panic room. And they have (laughs) – my cousin constantly posts stuff that's from Onion-type papers as fact. And then when you tell him, hey, hey, bro, this is from The Onion. This isn't real (laughs) – he goes, oh, okay, shrugs right. it off. And I'm like, you're getting your worldview from Mad Magazine. How does this not bother yeah. you? I don't understand. How is this not bothering you that half the stuff you post is satire and you don't even realize it? So it, it's well, a huge trend right.
2: to me. It, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, I think, I think a lot more people are paying attention. And You're right. There There is some misinformation going on. Um, but I think you know we're 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 in this sort of soundbite, let's read the headline type of um, culture right now, and and a lot of that is predicated with social media. You know, I like you were saying earlier is would would this sort of stuff fly in the '80s or '90s? And and it did, but it it was it was a little bit different because I think people just like they were coming to a commentary and if somebody was talking about the issues, they were like, oh, I didn't know that. Or I didn't even think uh, that something like this could be possible. Uh, whereas today people go, well, I already know this and here's why you're wrong. I read this headline. And it's like, we have to read the article. Because if you read the article, you would see that what I'm talking about is a little bit more in depth about it. Uh, I don't think uh, – a friend of mine were having this discussion where – like, this is, this is really the first election where social media has played such a prevalent role. Amen. Uh, even, even with, even with, the, with the, the first Obama election, we didn't really see social media playing as big of a role
1: as. Yeah, people weren't as, as like as vicious to each other on MySpace. Nobody was on MySpace. Right.
2: Like, how dare you? I'll kill you. Ugh. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, my, my friend was like, do you, do you think it's a, it's a bad thing that, that people are using social media? Uh, I don't I don't think it is. I think this is just the first time that we've been able to voice uh, our, our thoughts and opinions in the in this manner, in this sort of instancy, uh, in this instant manner. Right. Is to like you can make a post on Facebook that says, you know, fuck Hillary or fuck Trump or whatever it might be. And you can have 30 other people saying you're an idiot and, and a litany of other things based on that post. Well, you know, in the nineties, if you said that you're saying that under your breath or in a conversation with a friend and, you know, like you get to kind of talk it out and think about it stuff. So I think because it's so new, uh, there's definitely good things. So this is just growing pains to you. Yeah. I think this is just growing pains. I think in, uh, what what really needs to be done is let's take the energy that that's you know that social like from social media being this point of information, uh, let's take the energy from it and apply it over the next four years to more grassroots types of things, more, more maybe pay attention a little bit more to, to local elections. Uh, you know, these these smaller elections that we haven't really been paying attention to uh where realistically that's where that's, that's how you drive change anyway uh, and i think i think we'll get there uh if, i hope if you're right we, yeah if we can if if we can get enough people uh kind of talking about it in the right way uh i think i think we can absolutely get there and I'm, and this might just be because uh you know i'm friends with a bunch of rational socially conscious people I see that pop up in my newsfeed. Now, I'm sure there's a dark pit of Facebook and Twitter that I don't really see where it is. Just, oh, yeah. I oh, drown in
1: lucky. that pit all the time <laughs> looking for material yeah. for the, um for our show. I mean, I had to actually take a break the last couple of weeks because I was like, man, for the first time in my life, I stared into the um, abyss and I flinched. And it right. was like, wow, like this is really starting to rot my soul. I mean, I just got sucked in today. My cousin posted something. <laughs> about that quarterback i don't follow sports but that quarterback Uh-oh. that wouldn't stand for the pledge and the comment thread was like get out of my country get out of my country die die and i'm and, and this is such a a non-violent overt act of just i'm going to sit this out because i've got a statement to make right and to see right. people go bananas over it like he was raping a five-year-old on a 20-yard line and right. It's mind boggling, and I just ha- after twenty comments, okay, I'm out. I gotta go look at some happy cat videos or something. I-
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, and that's the thing is, I think uh, we haven't learned exactly how to talk to each other on the internet yet. <laughs> uh, you know, because like every so often, I'll get people commenting on my YouTube videos, and they'll, uh, it'll uh, like one guy was just like. The way you talk is annoying. I was like, "Oh, well, what are you supposed to do with that
1: information?"
2: <laughs> right? I don't, I don't. exactly. I don't. That's not critical information. Like, I'm sorry that the the way my vocal cords are genetically set up uh, annoys you. That's. Not you know what really bothered case. me
1: in your last video? Your third button was loose on your shirt. <laughs> all I could fix oh,
2: no. it. Like, Let's press the third
1: button. Why doesn't this guy have a better tailor? Why has he come out so shabby? I, I was I was gonna troll your page. I got to be honest.
2: <laughs>
1: it is insane. Well, it's, right? it's, ludicrous. it's a
2: good note for me. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna go rewatch. I'm gonna go like watching Be like, ah, oh, damn it, Nick was right. Ah, oh, shit, it is. It is all. <laughs> it's all screwed up. It's ruined. I got to redo the whole video.
1: Absolutely.
2: All right, let's talk about The
1: Road, because we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, yeah, About doing your comedy over the years, and you're getting more political, and the audience is getting more politically aware, are you seeing yeah. a shift towards more open-mindedness? Like, give me a positive story. Does someone walk up to you after your set and go, you know, I was dragged to this by my girlfriend, and I thought I was going to hate it and hate your opinion, but you actually gave me a lot to think about? Are you having those kind of experiences, or is everything pretty baseline?
2: A couple of them. I've had a couple of people say that this is the first comedy show that I've ever seen. And, you know, uh, I've only seen it on TV and I, this is, this was a really good, great experience. Uh, I had, I had a, uh, you know, like a girl's night out kind of thing happened in this, uh, great little venue in Lafayette, Indiana called the spot tavern. And they were like, you know, this is our night out. Said, Thank you for making our night out, you know, something worth doing. Um, my, 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 right now, my favorite story is uh, it, it, I was in Morgantown, West Virginia, uh, which is this weird little liberal. There, there is some liberalism in Morgantown, West Virginia, because it's a college town. There, you know, there are some intellectuals there and stuff. Right. Uh, but I had my friend Dave Coulter, David Coulter, who's a, a fantastic comedian out of D.C. He was opening for me, and uh, and he talked about how he like found his sister, like his sister found him that he didn't know he had one. Uh, so like three, four years ago. Yeah. So it's this really beautiful story. And she lives in Cleveland and drove three hours to come see the show because she wanted to support, uh, David and she wanted to support, uh, comedy. And, uh, and he was, he was talking to me and he was like, you know, I was really kind of worried because, uh, they're, they're a little bit on the conservative side, especially my brother-in-law. Uh, he's pretty conservative. And I said, yeah. I hope he likes the show. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I don't want to like make your family upset or anything. And, you know, and, and in this new hour, I'm, I'm talking about a lot about the perceptions of mental health. And, and one of the things I'm talking about is gun control. And I think, you know, uh, the Bannon argument and the arm everybody argument, which are like the two arguments that we keep having, both of them are wrong. Um, well, when I, when I talk about, you know, how the arming everybody uh, is a, is a silly idea I kind of saw him pull back and I was like, well, all right, I've lost him. He's not coming back. Uh, but you know the rest of, I mean he, he came back in he was he was back into the show. So is that the most uh,
1: important I, thing? Let me cut you off real quick here yeah, cause this is fascinating yeah, yeah. to me. Is that the most important thing? Is it more important to you as an artist to inform with your comedy or just to entertain with your comedy? Because obviously you're doing this to inform, but what's the big yeah. compliment? You're fucking funny dude, I laughed or you gave me a lot to think about and I laughed. Uh,
2: a little bit of both I, I think if if uh, if I can make him laugh. While, while they're thinking, uh, that's that's always a good thing, you know. Uh, if if I can bring something interesting and new to the table, where they go, I never, I didn't think of it that way. Uh, and it, it, like, let's have a conversation about what you talk about. Th- those moments, I think, are, are important to me. Uh, with with com- especially if there is a message behind the comedy, it's always important that uh, people at least get a little bit of the message. Uh, uh, I, I always say, if I'm not going to be funny, I'm going to be accurate. Uh, yeah, it's, that's that is that is uh, a, an important factor. Um, but yeah, I mean, David's David's brother-in-law might have probably disagreed with a litany of things that I had to say. But he came up to me after the show and he shook my hand and he goes, uh, he goes, I really enjoyed it. I, I I respect what you what you were doing, what you were saying on stage. He goes, listen, if if anybody comes up to you and says some racist shit to you. You come to me, and we'll take care of them together. Uh, and I was like, what a cool moment. <laughs> you know? That awesome. is incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, we, we don't line up. Uh, ideologically, You know, politically, we, we, we don't see eye to eye in a lot of things. But,
1: but you're really humanizing the-, the positions, though. In that forum, you really get to humanize. Instead of just being that dirty liberal on this side or that racist conservative on that side, you're really humanizing right. everything. And I think that's yeah. important.
2: I think yeah, I think so too. And I think that that's part of what what I'm trying to talk about a, a lot is: listen, we're all in this shit together, so so we can either keep you know butting our own heads constantly, or we can try to listen to some different ideas from some different people, uh, and and find a solution. <laughs> that that might work we don't know we you know some of the shit we haven't tried before so so why not give it a shot um could not have said it better yeah (laughs) that's that's my thought behind it okay Uh, let's wrap
1: up with this because we've got to go we're approaching at three o'clock mark um you're on tour right now with lee camp and we're actually going to come see you on saturday in Asheville. uh the late show 10 o'clock show yep how is the um how's the tour going and how is working with Lee Camp? We had Lee on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he's so and fun. I'll ask him the same thing I ask you. Like you guys have so much going on. I don't know what you guys <laughs> find, especially Lee, because he's got redacted tonight and his activism work. I don't understand if yeah. you guys find time to hit the road. I can understand local shows. I, how are you parsing out being able to like hit the road on top of fork full of um, noodles and your podcasts? And all these things, I don't understand how you balance all this. <laughs>
2: I don't know either. Every every week is a little different. Uh, you just you just find the time to do it. Uh, some weeks you're, you're like you know, last week I just didn't get enough time to write, uh, which it, it kind of makes I don't like whenever I don't get to write. It kind of makes me antsy. But then you know you kind of double down the week after and. Uh, uh, you. I mean, working with Lee is, is amazing. Uh, he's someone that I, I look up to, and uh, you know, all, he's it, it it's it's awesome to me that he pays attention to what I do on stage. Uh, and you know, like uh, we're in Chicago, and, and we're doing we're doing shows in Chicago this weekend. Uh, and, you know, just him coming up and be like, hey, I have a tag for your bit, or or the fact that if I go up and I'm like, hey, you know, you talk about this thing what if you brought this back into your thing or what if you closed with it a little bit differently? Uh, and the fact that he's willing to listen is just amazing. Uh, and, and it just shows like he's looking constantly like trying to better the material. Uh, is, is amazing. to me cause, cause he doesn't have to, <laughs> uh, and, and he's just one of the nicest people that I've met. Uh, and it's, Definitely. I, I feel honored. I feel honored that I get to, to open for him and work with him, uh, and just, you know, be able to call him a friend. Like, that's, uh, a, a huge honor for me. <laughs> we
1: went to Redacted Tonight Live over the summer and got to hang out with them afterwards, and there was just no pretension. It, it, what you see on camera is what you see in real life yeah, having exactly. a beer with them. And yeah, these yep. good people.
0: Yeah. And the hair awesome. is just as he's, good off screen as on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just so so fucking funny uh yeah he's he's uh he's great Uh, and i mean you know like i would when forkful shifted from initially it was like this half monologue half sketch type show to just me doing my monologues you know he kind of he gave me some advice like i would you know like i would send it to him and he would be like hey you know uh Here's some things you can do to improve the quality of what you're doing, uh, and maybe think about this in your delivery. And he's like, the content's great. I think you you can just improve on the the packaging around it. Uh, and again, it's like you did not have to not have to say any of that because he he's like, yeah, cool video, fucking whatever. But yeah, this is the fact that he takes the time to just give a little bit of advice to to, to someone at my level is just. It's, it's great, it's, and it's like I, I want to be able to do that to, you know, people that are coming up uh, as well, and I, and I try to do that as much as I can. Um, and the know, amazing and just, thing
1: about Lee, and I've asked him this before, is that his comedy is so straightforward, and he is such an intellectual in the way he presents it, he doesn't really get trolls. He says he doesn't get a lot of hate mail or trolls. And somebody to touch his t- uh, topics like he does, you would think he'd be inundated with them. And he actually doesn't get yeah. a lot of hate directed at him because he's just so fucking cool about how he handles his comedy.
2: Right. And I don't, I don't, even if he does get trolled, I don't think he's telling him to go fuck himself. I think he's either just saying like, okay, I'm just going to let this guy be angry about whatever it is he's going to be angry about. Or uh, you know, kind of try to have an intellectual debate with them. And I think that again, that kind of goes back to hopefully that sort of thing will catch on with social media. Uh, yes, please. Because, yeah, because I think that's the next step. Is look, this is this is a great thing that we've been we we as the people have invented. Let's figure out how to use it appropriately, and I don't think we have really done that yet. Yeah, stop with yeah, the memes. and it's so new. Yeah, but that's because it's so new, you know. So. Uh, I think we'll get there. Yeah, the more people that just try to have an intellectual debate without calling each other of shit, <laughs> we'll we'll finally get to a point where we can talk about ideas uh, and use this really amazing piece of technology in the right way to kind of benefit each other uh, and you know spread spread uh, you know the the word of uh, accurate news. And, uh, and some interesting
1: ideas. All righty. That sounds like a very positive place to end. Tell everybody where <laughs> to find you on the interwebs. I went on your website, and i got to tell you, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're on the show, your website <laughs> is one of the cleanest, seamless, Easy to navigate. Everything is click here, click here, click here. And I said, oh, thank you. I've made this point to women comedians before. I'm like, hey, a guy's website, a comedian, a male comedian's website usually looks like I imagine her fucking man cave, like dirty socks (laughs) and stuff. And women always have such pristine, organized, compartmentalized websites and i went on yours and i was like man um crush really has chris excuse me chris really has a shit together this website just makes me want to click around it's like buzzfeed i could spend oh, thanks, man. on this site so where can everybody find your magical site
2: uh my my website is ramen noodles comedy.com it's r-a-m-a-n noodles comedy.com so uh you can find four full of noodles on there my my podcast taboo table talk that's uh on there as well uh my new album that just came out uh is available on iTunes and Bandcamp Spotify and, uh, all that other good shit uh and then the the other two things that I'm doing uh I have a Patreon set up uh which uh, is patreon.com/kishbow and haha uh and it's basically if you if you like what I do and if you would uh like to donate uh all of that kind of helps you know, fund all the little projects that I'm doing. Yeah, we'll put
1: that link up on our kettle of fish show page as well.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, on my band camp, you can subscribe to it, which is, I think it's like five bucks a month. And every month you get uh, a new collection of, uh, material that, uh, you won't hear anywhere else. So, you know, stuff like if I kind of riff off on stage or just do one special kind of a thing, um, uh, you know all that kind of content never goes anywhere well you know if if you would like to uh subscribe to that uh you get uh and, and pretty much an endless supply of content from me uh <laughs> every single month That's, yeah if you if put out, out a
1: lot of content this isn't just five minutes a month <laughs> this is like a fucking avalanche of information
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, well i try to uh I'm I'm long winded.
1: <laughs> All righty. I wanna thank you so much for calling in today. We will be checking you out Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much for having me. All right. All righty, you have a good one. All right, that's Kettlefish for today. Um, D, you wanted to end with one of those Songhammer songs today for some reason.
0: Because I like it, and I've had it stuck in my head for like a week. Um, I do want to remind everybody, uh, come back here Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern for Delaney Fisher. We'll be on Drunken Trivia this week, and it looks to be super-duper fun. And uh, next week we've got a uh, rebroadcast of our very special show with Sam Polk of Grocery Ships and then we will have R.L. Bell live on Kettle of Fish. Which
1: won't be a rebroadcast. We'll be here oh, with R.L. from life. America's Got Talent. Yep, It'll be awesome. Alrighty, take it away, D. I want to get a tuna fish sandwich. Shit